good friends. Although on occasion Myrna had hinted broadly at other favors I could do for her. If I put my mind to it, I can play the game as well as anyone, but just then I was hard-pressed, stifling yawns. The my fortune is bigger than your fortune competition was not holding my attention, and I could think of only three reasons why I was still where I was, out of deference to my host, who was a good friend, because the charity for which the affair was raising money was a good cause, and because a woman who looked like she didn't belong had attracted my attention. I'd caught glimpses of her throughout the evening, and each time had felt a strange stirring inside, more akin to curiosity than desire. She now stood on the other side of the room among a small group, nodding and smiling faintly at a little balding man who was talking oh so earnestly to the little knot of concerned citizens. But it seemed to me that the smile was merely polite, and the nods automatic. I stood for a moment and watched, absorbed in a new game. After a moment she glanced around the room, and her eyes briefly met mine. They were the glass eyes of a rag doll, reflecting emptiness, and I sensed a cold steel door behind those eyes that perfunctorily and emphatically shut out the world. The game took on a new dimension. I drifted casually across the room, considering various opening gambits, not finding anything in my repertoire that might be suitable. With little effort, and no one taking notice, I silently became a part of her small group, using my gangly six-foot-four frame to cut her a step away from the group like a calf from the herd. She made room for me, and I discreetly divided my attention between her and the balding man. At this distance I now judged her to be early to mid-thirties, even more attractive than I'd originally thought, and as cold as a February breeze off Lake Michigan. Three minutes of that chill was almost more than I could stand. When an opening came, I seized it almost vindictively. "'Are you always so wonderful?' I murmured turning toward her so that we were slightly separated from the knot of rapt listeners. The things we do to relieve boredom. I'm sorry. She turned to look at me, her eyes devoid of expression. If your friend wasn't so taken by your beauty, I said, nodding my head towards the bald man, it would be patently obvious to him what a conceited, condescending bitch you are. My smile was disarming, and my voice was friendly, without animosity, but I was getting the expected reaction. Who are you? Her eyes widened, but still gave nothing away. Nobody special. As if I couldn't guess.
I'm sorry if I've insulted you. It was terribly ill-mannered of me, but I gave up making excuses for myself a long time ago. You know, standing next to you is like standing next to an air conditioner. It was a mean game, and already I felt twinges of shame for having started it, but I'd already come this far. There was the barest flicker of life in those amber eyes. I don't know why I'm standing here expending energy in intensely disliking a total stranger. Then walk away. She didn't move, indicating her own degree of boredom, her consent to play the game, or her determination to stand her own ground. The rest of the party vanished around us.